Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts, that we might see you more clearly. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. On the last Sunday of Epiphany, a season by which the readings portray for us the revelation of who God is, of who Jesus is, we come to the scene of the Transfiguration. And in doing so, as this season of revelation comes to an end, what we see is that the fullness of the glory of Christ revealed in this encounter on the mountain. And Jesus takes with him Peter, James, and John up the mountain. And we don't know why he picks Peter, James, and John. Uh, some people may think that, well, they're the, the super special ones, perhaps, and so they get to go up and see the revelation. Others would argue that perhaps they're the three in most need of seeing this revelation in order to grasp the faith needed to respond to what Jesus is asking of them. So they could either be the stars of the class or the example that uh, someone used in, in my Bible study group is when a teacher says, all right, class, we're going to walk this way. Now, Peter, James, and John, you come with me. That's because they're the troublemakers and they need to go uh, with the teacher. But in any case, we see that they, they go up the mountain, which throughout uh, other encounters in the Old Testament has been associated with a meeting place with God. Moses goes up the mountain. Uh, there are other encounters by which uh, going up the mountain is a meeting place with God. And Jesus is transfigured before them, his clothes becoming dazzling white. And then there appears Elijah and Moses. And there's all sorts of conjecture as why these two figures uh, would appear. And the, the consensus tends to be that Moses represents the law, Elijah represents the prophets, and Jesus is revealed in that encounter uh, to be the, the all-encompassing of the law, all-encompassing of the prophets, greater than the law and the prophets themselves because they all point to Jesus, who is himself God, and now standing before them. And then Peter says to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And we're told that he did not know what to say because they were frightened. And often uh, this can be the Sunday by which uh, Peter gets beat up on for not knowing what to say or for blurting out uh, an answer. Um, but I think that's overly harsh on Peter. 
And what we need to understand is what's taking place here is they are given uh, a glimpse into the full glory of God present in Jesus right before their eyes. And I would imagine that if the fullness of the glory of God was being revealed before our eyes, probably none of us would know what to say. That the awe-inspiring glory of God is going to um, blow our mind in such a way that we're not going to know how to comprehend fully the glory of God. If we could comprehend fully the glory of God, then we would have to wonder, well, who is this God then that we can fully comprehend in our human brains? But God is so much more than that and revealed before them that they, they don't know what to do or say or to think. And it's, it's no wonder that he says, well, it's good for us to be here. You know, we have the fullness of the glory of God. And what did they do? Uh, the glory of God was uh, made a dwelling place in the tent of meeting and then the temple. Uh, and now the glory of God has returned in a way that was not seen until now, after the destruction of the temple, after this time period before Jesus. Now the glory of God is before them. And Peter says, let us make a dwelling. And what starts to be an important concept for us to learn and relates to the collect that we prayed at the beginning of the service is that God does not desire that we build a dwelling. God desires that us as disciples be a dwelling is what is to happen after the resurrection after the ascension, when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the disciples and poured into us by virtue of our baptism, we are called to be the dwelling place of God. That's why the people are the church, not the buildings. The building is the assembly place where the church gathers. But the people are the church because we are the dwelling place of God. The Spirit residing in us. So we're not called to build an external place where God dwells outside in a special place away from His people. But His people are called to be the vessels. That's what we prayed in the Collect, that we would take up our cross, that we would follow after Him, and that we would be changed into God's image from glory to glory, into the image of Christ. The walk of the disciple that each day we might be transformed more and more into this image of God, to the image of Christ, bearing the light to the world, bearing the image of God to the world. That's the call on each of us. And a cloud appears. And a voice comes and says, This is my Son, whom I love. Listen to Him. And if we were to play our Bible trivia, where have we heard that before? And everyone yells out, At the baptism of Jesus. When He emerges out of the water, 
and a voice says, this is my son, the beloved. And now, in the revealing of the glory of God, they're getting even more an understanding as to what that means. What that's going to look like. And then suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one else except Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. Now you have to wonder, with such a powerful encounter, would they have told anybody anyway? And if they did, would anybody have believed them? But it's important, and we may ask, well, why, why does Jesus give them this encounter and then say, well, don't tell anyone until after the Son of Man rises from the dead? Well, first of all, it's not going to make much sense. They got a glimpse of the glory, but everything does not make sense until Jesus gives his life dies and raises again. Then, everything that he said begins to make sense. Then they come to understand the fullness of God's plan for each of us. And he gives them this as, as a foretaste in a way as to what is to come. When all will see and know the glory and power of God. So that when it happens, then they're able to say to the others, well, let me tell you about this time. And now we understand why Jesus had said that. And then that equips them for the work that they're given to do. All of these things are meant to strengthen their faith and trust in Jesus to do the ministry that Jesus asked them to do. And so it is for us. It's not just like a show that Jesus puts on and say, well, look at this trick that I can do. Look at my clothes now. They're white. Now they're not. You know, what would be the point of that? The point of all of these powerful encounters with God are to strengthen our trust in God and to equip us for the work that Jesus calls us to. And that primary work is to be the place where God dwells. And to be in such a relationship with God that when we... Uh, encounter our friends, our families in the grocery store, uh, wherever we are, that we're carrying the image of God, the presence of God, with us all the time. That's our call. Now granted, we don't always do the best job at reflecting the image of Christ. But that's who we are. That's our prayer. That's our goal, is to be changed and transformed into the image of Christ. And we may think, well, well that's a heavy task. And yes, it is. Uh, but it's the Spirit's work in us that we signed up for at our baptism. That by being a disciple, we say, I will be the image bearer of Christ. So that when people see Christians, they should see Jesus. They should encounter God. They should know his love, his mercy, and his grace, and his peace, and then join the assembly by which the church gathers together to come and worship the one who has done this for us. And so I pray 
this day, this final day in the season of Epiphany, that we would come to more fully see Jesus for who he is, that we might come to more fully know what he has done for us, and that our prayer each day might be that we're changed more and more into the image of Christ, that we may bear light to the world in darkness, that we might bring love, mercy, peace, and grace, and that when people encounter us, that they would see Jesus. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. Help us to see you more clearly and to fully know your glory. May the Holy Spirit empower us for the work of ministry that you've called each of us to do, that we might be your dwelling place, that we, your church, would bear your light and love to the world, drawing everyone to come to know you. And Jesus, we ask all this in your precious and holy name. Amen.